Sunny 16 presents. Welcome to episode 19 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. I was going to sing 19, but we don't have that budget. We just don't have that budget to pay for songs. (laughs) We just don't. So I'm just going to say 19 is very exciting. Let's just leave it at that. Hey, 19. Yeah, but don't sing it, my friend. Don't sing it. We are not getting in trouble. Gabe, are you a little more (laughs) subdued than usual on this particular evening? I am a little, uh, what's the word? Tired? Exhausted? Yes, I'm all of those things uh, wrapped up in one. Very, very much so. We are a couple of days late with this one. You know, they say that what sunk moonlighting (laughs) was their inability to make air dates. This Uh, is the first time we are a couple of days late, but we have an excellent excuse (laughs) Gabe Sachs, globe-trotting photojournalist and adventurer, spent the last several days in New York covering New York Fashion Week. Here comes the recap. It was amazing. So it was... Can I, can yes. I start by asking about packing for the trip? I want to make sure you don't skip Please, that part. Please, you know everyone, everyone that talks to us <laughs> is going to say, what did Gabe pack? Okay, packing was uh, started off very simple. And uh, it ended up very complicated, especially when I was packing cameras into my checked luggage. And I started with wow. a carry-on. That carry-on, cha- a carry-on, a backpack, and my Billingham bag. <laughs> then that changed to a checked, large checked luggage, and then a smaller checked luggage, and my carry-on bag, and my backpack. Uh, this continued to the point of, in New York... I was staying in Soho, and I went to Canal Street and got yet another bag and then left the other bag in my hotel room because I was so embarrassed that I bought another one. And uh, yeah, so that was packing was one thing. And the camera decision was was a big one. But I really, I I feel like what I should have just brought was the Leica M10 and the M6. And I was so Mm. paranoid, as every one of our listeners knows, that if I brought the M10 and it was going to break down, I needed another digital camera. So I have the Sony A7, which I didn't use. I used once and didn't even bother right. to use any of those pictures. But it was all the uh, uh, the M10 all the way. What else did you bring? Okay, M10, okay, so I bought M6. M10, Noctilux, 35 millimeter, 28 millimeter. Okay, that was my that oh. was my setup. I brought the A7R. The 51.8, I think it's a 55, I think it's on by eight. And then okay. I brought a uh, the 35 millimeter Sigma ART lens 1.4, which I love. It's beautiful, but no need for it and too big for what I was doing. I mean, everyone had these yeah. giant cameras. It was 100 miles an hour, <laughs> 6 million frames a second. That's all I heard. <laughs> the whole trip. So I was very happy to have my camera that I could sit and focus with. Then I brought the Rolleiflex, you know, just in case. And then I brought the uh, Yashica T4, which was a big fail. Like, it's just a very oh. sad fail. But that was it. So that's that's the camera gear I bought. And thankfully, and I will say this over and over again, I bought the SF24D Flash, which I haven't used in 10 years. Oh, no, I, I did use it last year. It is. It saved me. It really saved me. Okay, walk us through 
I mean, this is our recap section, yeah. <laughs> so let's we'll do this pacily. Right. But I want to hear a little bit about, I mean, I think most of our listeners, I mean, they know what New York Fashion Week is and the Met Gala and so forth. What is it like as a credentialed photographer well, here's what happened. covering something like this? Let me tell you what happened. So a dear friend, Tej Herring, who's an amazing, amazing publicist, she represents Barbie Ferreira. She represents Zoe Levin. She represents a lot of actors. And, you know, Barbie was going to Fashion Week and she said, oh, my gosh, you know, we would love you to come and and Coach would love you to come. And and Jonathan Simkai people said it's okay, And it was amazing. So I was invited to to shoot backstage and whatever I wanted. So so the 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 first show I went to is like, first of all, I got there. And I was panicking about batteries. You know, I went through all this thing. So, of course, when I'm panicking about anything or I'm upset about anything or I have a stomach ache, I'll go to B&H Photo because that, that <laughs> cures everything. I'll just tell you. I, you. I will tell you, B&H Photo cures absolutely everything. Right. So I go there. And what's happening is the backpack that I'm using is about 790 pounds with all the equipment in it. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> it, it was really, really heavy. I needed to get, in case, you ready, people? <laughs> yes. Something I really needed, another camera backpack. So I went and got a lighter version, okay, a very light version. They had them in the used department. Chris at B&H, who I love, who I bought many things from, I went there. And what happens now, because, you know, it's worldwide, B&H, is you pick something up off the shelf, you could bring it up there, it could have already been sold. For wow. the internet. So it has to be. So I brought that up. He said, Oh, I think it's sold. And then he checked it out. It wasn't. And then when I was there, I went, you know, I've been dying to get that little Billingham, the small one that just fits my Leica, thinking that that'll make me take less stuff. And they had a used one. And <gasps> I brought that one up. And he goes, Oh, that's sold. And so he looks and it's sold. And then I go take it back. And he goes, No, it isn't. So then I take it back again. So anyway, Fantastic. so I bought two bags and I bought. <laughs> tons and tons of film that I didn't use that I actually just took on vacation and it's being shipped back to, sure. back to LA. And so anyway, so so you get there and the coach show was at Pier 76. You know, coach, we just want to clarify coach, for those who don't know, that's a leather bag, the bag and, and things they, primarily. Yeah. And lots of other lots stuff. Lots of now, other but stuff. They started out making leather handbags. Yeah. So they were doing it at Pier 76, which is along along the Hudson River. They have very, you know, they don't have a lot of time to put these things together. But, you know, this one, you know, they all come to these shows. And so the front row is what you're focusing on. And so what happened is I get there before Barbie, before anyone else got there, and I get the wrong pass. Okay? I I don't know this at the time. I don't know this at the time, but I get the wrong pass. And I don't know to argue about it because I just take the pass. I'm as happy as can be. I'm now backstage at Fashion Week. So I'm I'm you know, taking pictures of what's going on and the makeup and models and on and on. And then they're rehearsing. So I'm going on the, you know, Pier 76 and this beautiful setup and lighting and on and on. And I'm watching rehearsals, just a few people there and Stuart, the lead designer for Coach, and they're watching and it's a lot of people. It's tons of people. If you look up the show on YouTube, Coach, uh, I think it's 22 New York Fashion Week. You'll see it. It's it's really terrific. There's just lots of kids. There's skateboarders. It was really, really a fun a fun show. So I'm, okay, let's cut back to backstage. Backstage, shooting, shooting, shooting. How many photographers are there with you? Just to give not, a, just to Not many. Scene. It's not many. There's probably, wow. first of all, in the front, where I am, there's probably four others. And they are 
the industry photographers. They are there to get specific shots on and on and on. I am there taking very different shots and what they're what they're getting. And so they're done. They're they're out of makeup. They do one last rehearsal and they come back. And then they do something called first looks. And first looks is they're all made up and they 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 stand in front of a background and each photographer, maybe six photographers at that point come just to do that. So they're getting the whole look on and on. And I just happen to be standing by there. That's not a shot that I was going to get. And a guy comes up to me and he said, can I help you? In like, If you could think of the most condescending, patronizing <laughs> way that someone could say those words, that's how he said it. And I said, oh, yeah. hi, how are you? I said, yeah, I'm just doing the backstage stuff and I'm waiting for PR to call me to bring me to do the entrances and on and on. Um, the backstage stuff is done. So you know what? We're done. And uh, I go, well, I'm just, no, now I'm like, first of all, this guy's the greatest character ever. So now I'm going, I really have to milk this. So I have to hear him more. And uh, I go, yeah, but I, you know, I'm waiting for them. They go, oh, 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 you know, why don't you do this? Why don't you wait like somewhere else? <laughs> and I go, well, I'm just going to wait up front because they're they're actually going to come. You know what? I got a better idea. Why don't you wait even further out? Like somewhere like before people get in. You wait there and I'm sure someone will get you. And then he walks away. So then I stand there and I'm going, I'm not going. I'm, <laughs> I'm not leaving. So I go over to the front just where they check people in. And now I see him whispering to this other woman. <laughs> this mm. other woman comes up to me and goes... Can I help you? <laughs> and I said, yes, I am just waiting for PR. Uh, what was your name again? Gabe Sachs. And, you know, gave her the names. Um, Just stay here. I'll be right back. She leaves. She's staring at me down the whole time on and on. Meanwhile, they can't find me. Like, PR is texting me. They're trying to find me. They're trying to grab me because everyone's arriving and they want... Okay. So they're staring me down. I go, I'm never going to make, this is just, I'm just going to be staying here the whole night. And so I go up to the, uh, the reception area and I said, who was that guy? I mean, not meanly. I just didn't know who that guy was. Like, maybe he's the head of coach. I go, who's that guy? And they go, oh, that guy? Don't worry about that guy. <laughs> like, they were all laughing. They were all laughing. Like, that guy told you to do something? So uh, anyway, oh, so the whole trip we were using this guy's name as anything that went wrong, we would say it was this guy's fault. <laughs> So anyway, so then I get grabbed and I go through all security and they say, you don't need a badge. You don't need anything because where we're going to take you, there's only another, like one other photographer in that area. And wow. so they take me and then I look and there's a whole barricade with about 150 photographers and they're wow. shooting this way. And now I'm in the open and I'm going, oh my gosh. So all of a sudden people walk in and and what you forget is like, they love to get their picture taken. So you're like, right. so Stella Maxwell walks in and she poses for me. Like all these, you know, all these people keep coming in. And and the greatest part of this whole thing is it's all about the front row. So it's outdoors. It's beautiful. It's very fun. So I'm taking pictures of people in the front row. And all of a sudden I hear, Gabe? And there's like <laughs> friends of mine, actors, that are laughing their butts off going, oh my gosh, he must be in heaven. Like, <laughs> right. they know me from, right. you know, producer, whatever. On a, and I was just in heaven. So, you know, there was, you know, Brittany O'Grady and Alex Daddario. And I mean, it just it just went on and on. And um, I, uh, 
you know, shooting all these people. But the one person I chickened out on, I mean, chickened out. There was no, there was just people starting to sit down. Anna Wintour. Anna Wintour sits there wow. and I'm like, all I have to do is go up and take a picture. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And she would have been totally fine. And I just couldn't do it. I just was like, oh my gosh, just that's such a big name to me. It's like huge. Let me ask quick questions yeah, here. Yeah. One is, okay, when you're there yeah. with a hundred other photographers, first of all, is there jostling? Okay. Is there so here's the, deal. Here's, the, here's the deal. So what I had is all access. I did not want riser access. Riser access are the guys who need to get those shots head to toe and the medium shot. And those oh, are for yeah. magazines. And those are magazines. Those guys have been doing to 30, 40 years. If I went up there, they'd totally be fine, except I would be on the side. Like they would literally say, look, this is nothing personal. This is our gig. And we get paid a lot of money for it. So I would just be on the side where I wouldn't get a direct shot and I wouldn't want that shot. It's like a very simple shot that everyone's going to get. But there's only, there's no other, there's only a few photographers where I am by the front row. The rest are on the risers and they're waiting for the, so the models come out and they are getting those specific shots. Is there any sort of collegiality or interaction or is everyone so hell-bent on doing their job that they're just Oh, forward? it was great. I mean, the models were great. But I'll tell you, I met this photographer who came up to me. It was his first fashion week. And he came up to me and goes, wasn't that crazy? Like he was, like we were totally bonding because you know, we were talking cameras. He was the nicest one of the group. And so we were going on and he was doing a huge spread for the New York Times following Stuart around wow. from Coach. And he goes, I've never done it. Like I've never done it. So he goes so fast. It was great. So we had a great time. And he was, uh, that was really, really fun. And then, so that was pretty much that show. And then you st stood after. I was in such a position. I could watch the show and then just stay where I was. There were guards surrounding, but I could take pictures of everyone sort of, you know, leaving. And there were... and That's the cool and part. And the thing is, yeah. I don't... Like, I needed someone who was 20 years old with me because there... A spotter. Yeah, because there were, <laughs> there were people I just shot because I shot. And then, you know, someone said, oh, my God, that's the, one of the biggest TikTok stars. And that's another TikTok star. And they're getting invited to Fashion Week in the front row. So... So anyway, so that that was the coach show, and that was unusual because it was at a different location. A lot of shows are at Spring Studios in Soho, and it is a, just amazing facility. And when I wasn't invited to these things, I would go into the alley. It's called St. John's Lane, which is where all the models go into the shows. And so you could just sit there all day and shoot. And so I get there. And the first photographer I see is holding this giant Graflex. I think I sent you a picture of it. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I was so, so excited. Great. I went up to him and I said, these are my people. And we just talked. And and he, he has to take, obviously, one shot that takes forever. And sure. it was so much fun to see him work. And then in there, there's miscellaneous. They call it street style photography. So those people are street style photographers. They're there all the time. They know how to do it. They're there for those all those days of Fashion Week. And they'll just stay camped out in that thing. And they get to know each other. And I got to know a bunch of the photographers. And in addition to those guys, there are photographers that just shoot street style, but in the street. So they are standing. They know where the models are, as in when it's Fashion Week, which streets they go down. And, um, wow. and there are some Instagram feeds that are just amazing. We'll post of, of these guys. And the other Bob is one that's just brilliant. And... They just have these incredible f shots of these models, and the models know them, you know, by now. So that was that. And then, so for Jonathan Simkai, you know, I was upstairs shooting behind the scenes. I was at rehearsal. It was just a beautiful setting. 
and Jonathan's class, like different personality than, you know, all these shows have different personalities from the top down. And, and Jonathan Simkai is such a good guy and funny and he's clapping along to the music. And it was just such a great energy. So I finished there and then Tej texted me and said, Barbie's arriving. So I went downstairs and Barbie is just the best. You know, if you don't know her, she's on Euphoria. She's a great actor. She's on a, some other stuff as well. That And she's just a terrific person. So she was so happy. And we just shot in the alley. We just shot some shots in the alley. Oh, how cool. And she's in this incredible, you know, Jonathan Simkai outfit. Then we went upstairs and we shot upstairs and she was hanging around and uh, shot uh, Jonathan and uh, Lourdes Leone, you know, Madonna's daughter and a bunch of people there. So, so I do backstage. They sit. The show happens and it's very short. These shows are like, 10 to 20 minutes at the tops. They do all this production for yeah. a very short amount of time. And so I was shooting people. And then it was like the quarterback who got injured. <laughs> they they <laughs> they couldn't find their photographer. So they go, Gabe, you got to take these pictures. I'm like, dun, oh dun, dun, Like, I was like so excited. I said, I will take whatever pictures you need. So this is the moment was, you've been the waiting greatest for. Thing ever. So it's like, here's this famous person. Here's this famous person. Here's this way. And I'm just shooting these like, you know, very simple portraits. And it was, you know, it was just the best time ever. It was so you're just not so much stressed. Fun. You're just loose and you're shooting and you're having I'm fun. having, you know, I am not stressed because look. You, this is really true. You and I have done this for a long time, and we've been around a lot of famous people. So I don't have that thing that I usually would have if it was like thrown into the wolves and been like, I'm like, oh, yes, these are, I know these people. I know who these people are. I mean, I may not know all of them, but, and they were just great. And so shot and shot and shot. And then shot some with Jonathan, shot Jonathan would grab me to shoot some stuff after. So they were very happy, you know, did all those shots. And then the next day, was the Met Gala. And so <laughs> the Met Gala is, I think I had a few hours off on Sunday, but that was it. The Met Gala is insane. I mean, it is a production and a half and besides the security and on and on. So I was getting up to the hotel. It's at the Mark Hotels, the sort of the home base of all the actors and models and everyone. And so they blocked the streets off starting at one. And you have to go through a lot of security. You also have to show your, I use this program clear for your vaccination stuff. And I went through and finally got up to Barbie's room. And there is a team that's been working for hours, makeup, hair, a nail specialist, you know, the amazing stylist, just a, just a terrific team of people. And they are doing all this stuff. And Barbie's having the time of her life. She's going to her first Met Gala. So I was able, and she was so great. It's like I was able to shoot everything of getting ready, you know, doing this elaborate hairstyle. And and so really doing, you know, everything leading up to that. And then Jonathan came over and took some pictures with them and then went down with them. And then on to the, you know, the giant... The giant van, that giant Mercedes thing that looks like a van, but it's you know the most yeah, luxurious uh, thing. Like a, a, sprinter. Uh, sprinter. It's a sprinter. Thank you. Sorry. Open up, and Barbie has to stand up, which was the greatest thing for me. I go, Barbie, this is the greatest picture ever. So it's just me and Jonathan and Tej and her mom, oh, how and cool. we're in the thing. And then we're going, we're just going around the block to the Met. 
and it's just lined with thousands of people and bomb squads and police and guards and on and on. And we pull up and the doors open and they get out and Tage's like, go, go, go. And I said, I am not going. Because <laughs> what would happen is once I get out there, I have to get out. Like once I'm there on the carpet for a little oh, bit, sure. I have to get out because before the stairs, it's really just her and the designer going up the stairs. Okay. So I, I run back, get in the Sprinter van and we go back to the hotel. So now I'm back at the hotel. Now I'm in the lobby. Everyone's getting ready to go. So now it's like I'm standing there talking to these people, of which I don't know. I mean, the, the funniest was Gigi Hadid. It's like, it's like, yeah, I take some pictures of her. It's like, I had no like, big, big dummy. Like... <laughs> And there's so much... You really do need like yeah, a 22-year-old to spot. So there's all these security people there. So there's no one really has their private security with them. And if they do, they're, you don't really notice because you're, everyone's approaching everyone. Everyone's talking. And I got sort of the best pictures there. And sure, I got some, you know, tons of great stuff. I have a great one of Lord, and I have a great one of just a... Anyway, a ton of those. Wow. So those are great. So after the Met Gala and Barbie comes back and we all surprised, we <laughs> turned off the lights because she was so good. The minute she land, landed on the carpet, it was all over Twitter. And the thing is, that's when I learned that photography, it, that fashion is all about the speed and the right now. So those photographers, those pictures get out within seconds. I haven't quite figured wow. out how, but I'm sure I will. <laughs> it was so impressive. Like that's, you know, stuff was out. Anyway, she had a great time. And then comes the after party at this point we're all running on fumes but of course barbie's you know this is the greatest thing ever they're gonna go yeah of course so, she's adrenalized yeah. so there's a party at the boom boom room and we go down there and i have my leica and the flash and a 35 millimeter and it is pitch black pitch black and and i'm going how do you shoot i don't under have those circumstances? i didn't know i really didn't know and so I'm like, oh my gosh. So so people are like, everyone's having a great time. Take a picture. Like like they were very open. It wasn't like, it, it was like being at a party where people are asking you to take their picture because there weren't that, there's maybe a couple of photographers in the party, which is like two levels and on and on. And I start taking these pictures and I'm trying to focus on the bridge of their nose. I'm trying to do anything. But the flash saved me. Whatever I did, I just had to get within reasonable focus isn't that i just had to get and which i was going oh my gosh i don't even understand what i'm doing but i'm somehow you know and then i was sitting there and i was looking at the camera trying to figure out and i must have looked like i was discouraged or something <laughs> like that because Maisie williams from game of thrones and and charlie xcx uh, whatever xcx come over XCX, comes yeah. over to me and goes do you want to take our picture? I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it was like they must have thought I was upset or something. And so I took a bunch of pictures of them that were that completely came out. That was very exciting. And and just, you know, took a bunch of people. And as I was leave as I was leaving Barbie, I ran into Iris Apatow. And that was just the best thing oh, ever. Great. Just so sweet. She looked amazing and and it's just so funny. And I had just been showing Barbie pictures, baby pictures of Iris. And here she is at this party, you know, for the Met Gala. And then I was absolutely running on fumes. And everyone heads over to the Rihanna party, which is down the block. And I'm like this. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> and Tej was laughing so hard. Tej goes, yeah, let's let's go. We're going to go. So we, we left. So let me just zero in on the flash thing before yes, you depart Yes, please, this of course. So you're shooting film or digital? Digital, digital, digital. And so 
this is sort of an extension of what we were talking about in our last episode, that if you're at a reasonable, like, hyperfocal distance, right. if you're somewhere in the three to eight foot range, and you're shooting with fast film, and you've got the flash going, you're going to be at F11 or F16, yep. because you're very close to your subject, yep. and so you're probably fine. I'll never be able like, to do it again. that's amazing. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. All I could tell you is they all, every single one of them came out. And all I was saying is, oh my gosh, I better, <laughs> I better remember how this is going to go. But wow! But you know, it was, it was, you know, that was the greatest thing ever. It was absolutely so much fun, and uh, just being in New York at that, you know, to see everyone it's dressed gotta up, be great. Yeah, it was great. And then uh, exhaustion. There you go. Yeah. So digital to film, what was the ratio? The ratio was. I used zero film. I used one roll of film on the on the Yashica T4. The Yashica hmm. T4 jammed, and I oh. opened it up, and it looked like an old-time movie where the film comes out of oh, the camera. Oh, no. Like, yeah, oh, no. Yeah, it was over. There was no way to... Well, it wasn't like it was a little... Wow. There was something wrong with the camera. So you had the M6, but didn't really use I it. I did you not have the M6. The digital I had the... Um, oh. I had the black paint M4... That I was going to okay. shoot with Brent Eisler, but I just didn't have any time. And and he, first of all, B and H was so you know generous, and the Leica store was generous. I I was I went over to speak to James at Leica and Soho, and he was. I said, look, I'm really concerned about these colors, and on he goes, don't be concerned about the colors at all. He he goes, especially during Fashion Week, because you're going to get fluorescence, you're going to get you know tungsten, you're going to get a mixture of all this stuff. Just you'll take care of it in post. Like really, he was saying, don't because uh, yeah, I said I'm sense. like freaked out. I showed him pictures. He goes, not at all. They're all great. It's all raw. Don't worry about it. It's it's com it's completely great. Wow. And B and H, I was having a problem with my computer, and they were great. So there you go. So if you were to do this again. Would you do anything different? Mm -hmm. If you were to prepare for this, would you do anything different? Yes. I would just bring my Leica kit and a Leica film kit, and that would be it. Okay. I think it would save my back. Do you think the Leica film kit would ever get any use, or would you be just so comfortable digitally no, shooting? No, I, 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 I think it would definitely get use. And also, you have to remember when you're shooting someone specifically like Barbie or, you know, any any actors that are posing like the coach show the film would have worked great that would have been just fine the issue yeah. is that in fashion they want the pictures so it doesn't right. really make sense for me saying look i just need a little time i gotta send my stuff to the dark room it's gonna be in san Clemente. don't worry i'll get <laughs> you know yeah they, they really want the pictures quickly so you know that's 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 sort of so you I could did. have used the film for like personal work or yeah, backstage yeah. stuff. Definitely, it's not mission critical. I really wanted to do it for backstage stuff, and I just it just it wasn't going to happen. But it was fine. It all worked out. Final question here: Yes, battery? Any battery issues shooting digital that intensely for that long, or did you have a backup in your pocket? Yeah, so I was averaging about. I was shooting about twelve to thirteen gigs a night on my wow. card. And I yeah. was using probably a battery and a half on the Leica, but I didn't need three batteries. They're so expensive. And I just, yeah. I have the two batteries for the M10 and they work great. That sounds amazing. Great. What an experience. I'm so glad you got to do that. 
It must have been. I can't. It's exhausting, actually, as I think about walking through those. It sounds exhausting. It was exhausting. To me. But I'll tell you this that I, the fun part of being in New York, of course, besides the food and everything else, is that I saw a lot of people with film cameras and I talked to every Did one of them. Did you pass out I our passed stickers? I passed out our stickers. I talked to them about the show. And, and, but it's just so fun. There's such an enthusiasm for, for film out there and people are shooting all the time. So it was great. That is great. Well, Excellent recap. I mean, how many film podcasts are going to give you a recap like that from behind the scenes at Fashion Week? <laughs> that is awesome. There you go. Awesome. There you go. I'm thrilled for you. Well, I can't match that. <laughs> uh, come on. <laughs> Maybe some other things happened? Well, okay. I went on a brief vacation as well. My son has a job in Bakersfield yes. as a sports reporter for the Bakersfield Californian, and I went up last Thursday to sort of help him get set up in his new apartment and also watch the first game of the NFL season. And I only brought along one camera. I brought the Olympus XA4, which guys, this is cemented as my travel camera. It is just perfect. The Olympus XA4 loaded with Fuji Superior 400. I've actually already gotten the film back because the darkroom turned it around so fast. It's gorgeous. And I just love it. I love it for landscapes. I love it for portraits. You need to give me, we need to go out there and you need to give me a lesson because your portraits are beautiful with that camera. And Thank I you. cannot, I, it's, you know, what's in my head. My head is the distance thing. So instead of just yeah, shooting, well, you just shoot. And that's why it, it works. Me, I'm like, oh, who has a tape measure? <laughs> I, you know, with that wide angle lens, right. I just ballpark it. And with fast film, even the indoor shots I took, like Henry and I were having lunch at a restaurant, and I just, you know, set it to 2.2 feet. I'm just guessing. And I shoot it, and it's good. Right. Because at two, you know, at 400, you're going to be at like 5.6, so you have plenty of wiggle room. So it turned out to be great. The other cool-ass thing that happened. Okay, I'm just going to pick this up quickly, because we have a lot to cover oh, today. So... We have previously talked about my painstaking quest for a 35mm lens to shoot on my Leica M6 and the 35mm Serenar that resulted from this adventure. Well, many of our listeners advocated strenuously that I might need to look into a Canon rangefinder camera. Oh, yes. And they talked about all the Canon models of the 50s, which we're not going to go through right now. But among many others, Douglas Ingram who is Douglas Ingram on the Instagram, advocated for the Canon P, which is, it stands for, I love this, Gabe, it stands for Populaire. Oh, well, that I had no Popular idea. Popular <laughs> in French. Canon P for Populaire. Hmm. It is their most popular rangefinder camera. They are plentiful. And let me tell you something, Gabe, they are pretty cheap. Wow. Like 250 You're kidding. And we were talking about, like, what would you do if you were going to spend $300 on a camera? Well, I, my expectations were very moderate. I found one at KEH that was advertised in being at excellent condition. So I got excited, and I bought one. It arrived, and guys, first of all, oh, look that it. is a gorgeous camera. Beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's incredibly well-made. And again, my expectations were reasonable because I was thinking about the culture of Leica clones. Right. Like, what are they going to be like? Right. Are they going to... This camera, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guys fight me on this. <laughs> it is every bit as well engineered as an M3. Oh, that's huge. It, that's huge. Yeah. It feels solid. The shutter, the advance, 
is so exquisite and it's beautiful. I think it's a lovely camera. And coupled with this 35, it is a wonderful shooter. Obviously no meter. So I am sunny 16ing it all the way, but I've been out shooting with this for the last week and it's amazing. And guys, just to close the circle, I bought the 50 millimeter 1.4 screw mount, the, yes. can, the one they call the Japanese Sumalux. I just ordered that from KEH as well. This is a wonderful camera. And I'll tell you, it actually has one up on the M3 because it's got a, a metal shutter. Oh, that's interesting. Metal shutter. Tell me, about, tell me about the lens costs on those. I really know nothing about them, so. It depends on the speed, right. obviously. Right. But this lens, the 35 millimeter 2.8 Serenar, was about 250. Got it. The 50 millimeter 1.4 was 300. Wow. I mean, wow. guys. Yeah. And you can see YouTube videos. If you just Google this lens, Canon 50 millimeter 1.4 Leica screw mount, people rhapsodize about this thing. Many people like this better than the Sumalux itself. Wow. And it's such a wonderful budget lens. You see a lot of people using an adapter and sticking this on their M. I'm going to tell you one more thing about the Canon before we move on. The viewfinder. Okay. What distinguishes the viewfinder of the P from the models that it replaced, which were the V, the VI. By the way, I've since been told it's the Canon 5 and 6. Uh -oh. I didn't realize uh -oh. it's the Canon 6, <laughs> the VI. Those had frame lines that change depending on what lens is attached. Right. So you can change the frame. Okay, this has all the frame lines in the viewfinder at once, which apparently saved you know, money in manufacturing. I don't care. Yeah. But this viewfinder has one thing that distinguishes it from any M finder ever. Are you ready? It's a 1.00 finder. It's life size. Oh my gosh. Unlike the 0.72 that we're used to or the 0.85, which was an option, when you look through this finder, it's exactly what you see through the other eye. And that is very interesting. I've actually never owned a rangefinder that you can say that about. And I got to tell you, I like it. Oh, that's great. That's I like great it. News. It's fun to shoot with. So I would urge people, I mean, obviously I'm new with this. I've had this thing for a week and a half. But I would urge people to check these out. If you are oh, that's a great jonesing for point. an M3, yeah, totally. unbelievable. If you're jonesing for an M3, but you don't want to shell out $1,000 for the body and then another seven fifty dollars for the lens, you could get the whole deal. For five bills. Yep. If you go the Canon Rangefinder route, I can't believe it took me this long to look into this camera. I mean, I hate to say, I know we wield such awesome power that the eBay prices for these things are going <laughs> to jump, but listeners, I would urge you to look into this. And I'd love to hear, I mean, I've heard from a lot of listeners talking about how great these are, and I'm a believer. That's They're great. great. I can't believe I That's waited. That's really great. Long. And the and the Leica. Gabe, I'm going to let you shoot with this next time we're together, and it's going to oh, blow I'd your love mind that. how good it is. I will tell you this: that the um, the M6 is approaching the threes and fours. Like it's absolutely gone crazy. So what happened yeah. when I was at and Leica in the, in Soho, and I was seeing they actually have a nice you know selection of used stuff. And uh, he said, I looked at I said, what about an M6? And he just smiled at me. He goes, I can't keep them in. He goes, they had an M6 yeah. there that had just been worked on that they sold for like 4100 Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're out of reach, which is really sad. He said, we you talked can't about find this them. in our Leica episode. 
it's really sad for people who just want to shoot right with a Leica, like even a thrashed one. Yeah, it's going to be. 1200 1500 to even shoot an m2 or an mda with no finder like you're gonna pay a lot of money for and the cameras are going out the window like so fast like at bnh yeah i was looking at a camera and it was already sold like i was looking i had it in my hand and he goes and they they put them in any cameras that you just see the back of or sold but sometimes they just get to them and they put them up and they're sold Insane. Yep. Well, I mean, as I said, I bought all the gear that I'm describing. Uh, the Serenar I bought on eBay and got a very good price from a seller in Georgia. But both the body and now this 50 millimeter 1.4 I bought from KEH because, you know, their return policy yep. is so easy. And I pay a slight premium buying it from them. But they're, I love them. I mean, I've never had a bad experience with KEH, even when stuff comes and I don't like it or it's not in the condition as described, which is rare. They are only too happy to take it back. So I feel confident. There you and, go. I uh, like anyway, it. I would urge people to look into it. It was very fun. Nice. Shall we move on to the principal topic of today's <laughs> episode? Gabe, we're 35 minutes in. Let's we got go. a lot Let's to go. cover. This go, may go, be go. an XL. This is going to be an XL episode. <laughs> we have long threatened to do a Nikon show. And here's the thing. We're going to talk about Nikon, but this is a little different from our Polaroid show and our Leica show because we could not possibly cover Nikon comprehensively. There are too many models. We're going to talk about this from the standpoint of the cameras we've had personal experience with. We are not going to attempt to give you a history of the mark. Okay, we've talked about this a little bit, but we're just going to talk about our own experiences with it and urge you to chime in. As always, we're eager to have a dialogue with you guys about your experience with these cameras. Gabe, Nikon, do you have some Nikons in your I collection? I might have Let's a few Nikons that. in my collection. Okay. I will tell you this. Let's yeah. start with this. When did you first become aware of Nikon cameras? I think in high school. I definitely became aware of them, but it seemed a little out of reach for me in high school. Mm. So I didn't... You were a Canon shooter at that point, I was right? probably a Canon shooter, yeah. and I, But I just didn't... I think it was a little out of reach. So it was many, many years later. I think it was around sort of uh right after freaks and geeks i mean right after that world where i had the m6 yeah that i got an fm i think that's what i got at the first and one what spurred you to get an fm i'm just curious i just i i saw some friends prints with it and i liked them and uh and they were so cheap at the and time they were really right? cheap and i got FMs a 50, were dirt cheap. 51.4 and i loved it like it was one of those lenses that you just it was also pretty cheap and uh and i loved it and so that's sort of i kept that for a long time and then started getting you know f2s and that kind of world and then finding them at All right, let's, sales. let's use this yeah, let's use this as an entree to talk a little bit of Nikon history. Oh, right so we're not going to be comprehensive, okay? But Nikon started out making rangefinder cameras. And I'm just going to do a brief recap, okay? They started out making rangefinder cameras and and lenses, okay? They were kind of doing a contacts knockoff, basically. Their early cameras were designed to sort of emulate the contacts, as a matter of fact, to the point where Nikon was a clear shout-out to the Zeiss Icon family. So their early cameras, the Nikon 1 and so forth, they consciously styled themselves after contacts cameras. My first Nikon, I actually had to think about this a bit, 
was an SP. Are you kidding? How crazy is that? Like you, when I was in high school, junior high, when I was first getting into photography, I was a Canon shooter because Canons were accessible. They were reasonably priced and Nikons were three and $400 cameras that were used by professionals. Even the F, the F and the F2, which were both still in production when I was in junior high and high school, were way out of reach. Yeah. So expensive. And so I got an SP when I got into camera collecting. And I've talked about that story where my aging camera repairman Zvi had a Nikon SP in his glass case. I always wanted it. He wouldn't sell it. He passed away. Years later, I was in Vancouver shooting a pilot, came across an SP at a local camera shop, and it turned out it was the very camera that I had been coveting in Zvi's case. So the first Nikon I ever shot with was an SP. My God, guys. These are such amazing cameras. Nikon rangefinders are great. They're great. And it's very interesting because Nikon obviously made the transition to single lens reflex cameras with the F and then the F2 and the whole F series. And they stopped making rangefinders. They stopped. And it's interesting. Leica had the field pretty much to themselves in terms of pro-grade rangefinders all through the 70s, 80s, 90s. Nikon didn't make another rangefinder camera until those commemorative editions of the S3 and SP in 2000 and 2005. And it's kind of crazy, like, because they were really good at it. So let, let me go back just a second, because it's really interesting to me not having that experience with with uh, rangefinders with Nikon. So how old were you when you had the SP? What do you think? I got it. I mean, let me think. I was probably 40-something. Right, right, right. <laughs> I right. mean... Yeah, this was this was, you know, 2010 right, or something right, when right. I bought this thing. Wow. It was a long time. And I had been a diehard Canon shooter. That's so At interesting. At the point where I found this, I had a Canon EF, a Canon FTB, Canon Pelix. Um, there's probably more than I'm not thinking of. But I was a Canon guy through and through, and I had a ton of Canon glass. And as many people may recall, Canon and Nikon were like Coke and Pepsi all through the 60s, 70s, and into the 80s, Windows and Mac, you know, it was <laughs> that totally kind of a true. war. It's so true. Yeah. 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 And they would kind of elbow their way forward right. and who was in the lead and who was more technologically advanced. And I remember quite vividly when Canon released the AE-1, it was a shock to the system yep. because all of a sudden Canon had taken this massive technological leap forward with a camera that didn't look anything like what Nikon was doing. Right. Similarly, and this is going to circle back to your thing, when Olympus released the OM-1, similarly, shockwaves, okay, a compact system SLR, and it was incredibly popular and all of a sudden pros started carrying them. Nikon went compact and did something we nobody thought they would ever do. They came out with the FM and the FE. Right. Consumer-grade compact SLRs that were made more, less expensively and so forth. And that's what you got. That's what you started with. Yeah. Yep. Nikon Glass. Talk a little bit about that. Okay. That I, you know, subject. look, you know when we say that, look, Leica has a different feel? I really think Nikon has a different feel. I really For think sure. that it. it's so... I shoot a lot of portraits with that 50 one, two, and the 85 1.4. Yeah. What are you about to hold up there? Oh, look at this. A Nikon F2. That one. And this is the one, member that <gasps> was black. just redone. It's like, I just love yeah, it. Yeah, that's so gorgeous. Um, 
anyway, so there's something about that combo. Now, now I'm shooting with that F2 and the FM2. And, but that 50, I don't know what it is. 1.4 is a cheap lens. It's a cheap, cheap lens. Cheap and magic. Yeah, cheap. There's something yeah. about it. But when I do portraits with it, and if I just use that lens, just like I was sort of, you know, sitting with a 50, you know, with a Leica M6, I would be totally fine. Like, I just love that camera. So I will, uh, I love shooting with it. And I feel like there is a different, I think, I feel like there is sort of, you know, a more contrasty feel, especially with black and white. And I feel that if we see all the um, pictures from Vietnam, which I'm fascinated with that yes. era of photographers, it's just there's something there and there's something magical about the feel of those cameras. And yes, they had Leicas too, but, you know, they were using um, Nikons all the time. Yeah, Nikon's move with the F into SLRs was a revolution in the business. Right. And all of a sudden, like SLR cameras became the default camera for photojournalists right. and, you know, and for fashion photographers and so forth. 35 millimeter system cameras, which was something that really had not existed the way that they did before Nikon created the F right. line, the right. F system. It was a, uh, it was extraordinary. And the 514, it's interesting. That is probably the best value in an SLR lens. I mean, it is tremendous, and there's zillions of them out there, and they're not that expensive. Yep. And it's not like one of those lenses that has like you know has been driven up in value by people buying them to put on their digital cameras. Right. It's everywhere. It was the default lens that came with the camera. Love it. Now, okay, so your first was an FM. Yep. And I have an FM, which I've shot with a little bit. It was a gift from a friend. It belonged to her late father, and I like that FM quite a lot. You have kind of followed the F line. Do you have an F, a straight-up F, I or don't do you only have, have an F2? I don't have a straight-up F. I have F2s, I think. And F2 the, and, and the what Photomic else? And, you know, I yeah. just, I, I, that's sort of the world I have. And I have an F4. F4. <laughs> like Talk the, about the modern... that. I know nothing about, beyond the F2, so, I don't know anything about Nikon the, SLRs. I'm just making sure it is. Uh, the F4, if you were on a ship and you couldn't get the ship to stop, <laughs> you would throw that over <laughs> with, with a rope and that ship will stop on a dime. That is, it's, I love it. I think it's the coolest sound ever. And look, I got to be honest. If you want to talk about sounds of those motor drives on those that I attach yeah. the F to, it's the greatest sound ever. It is the heaviest thing ever, but it is so wow. cool. And it's just, you know, they start getting really, really heavy, like, you know, any, any camera. But those guys use them. And then you have to remember those press backs. Remember that uh, that I was sending you with those yes. giant... <laughs> like rolls yeah like those 250 exposure backs yeah. it's it's it amazes me so um now is the f4 one of those cameras that sort of can be aperture priority shutter priority program yeah, mode the whole deal i i used it like six months ago for the last time it was just i realized how heavy it was yeah but it's it's one of those things that is you know it's a, it's the same as the others i love just using different glass on it and uh, but my yeah. preference is always going to be the F2 or the FM2. Yeah. Well, my second Nikon, mm -hmm. interestingly, okay, I'm going to hold this up by way of contrast. So you got an SP here, right? Look at this. You know what that is? Look how exactly the same it is. That's amazing. This is a Nikon F. Now, 
The F and the SP share so many parts in common. I mean, the back lock looks the same, the shutter speed dial, yep. the advanced lever, they all look so much the same. It's very much like the F is the SLR version of the, uh, of the SP. And at the time when I was just starting to get into camera collecting, Fs were dirt cheap. Nobody wanted them. Right. I think I bought this one, which is in very nice condition. And by the way, has the old Nippon Kugaku logo on it, as opposed to the Sans Serif Nikon oh, logo. Yes. So it's an early one. This was probably, with the lens, I believe it was $75. You're kidding. With that lovely 1.4 on it. Dirt cheap. And as you can see, not bashed up. We talked about this in a previous episode. I think this is still your best value in an SLR. 100%. If you can find an F, they are indestructible. They were built to be bashed around and dropped, and uh, they're incredible. I happen to think the photomic prism is unattractive. So, <laughs> so well, I have a couple if you these, need one. <laughs> yeah, I have one. It works fine, but I just don't enjoy it. Right. This plain prism is actually kind of costly now. They're harder to find. Well, the Fs are... it is beautiful. Yeah, some Fs are super expensive. The black ones, oh boy. Yeah, it's getting that way. Yep. But the F is a joy to use. The only drag about it is the back comes off when you have to reload. So right. it's a little bit of a juggling act. One of the things that they remedied in the F2 was they have a hinged back. But... 100% viewfinder, which is something we don't talk about enough. Right. You know, that a lot of viewfinders, Canon cameras were notorious for having viewfinders where you'd see 80, 85%. And sometimes, listen, you may not care, okay? You'll get in and you'll probably crop a little bit anyway. But it's nice to have a viewfinder. The OM-1 has 100% viewfinder. This is something worth noting when you're talking about an SLR, like to see exactly what you're shooting. That's great. And a really hardy repairman love these cameras because they're so easy to work on. Right. And they're plentiful. So... I love that. So that was my second one. My third one, which I forgot to bring downstairs, my third one was a camera that I was not all that aware of until I started hearing about the cult of this item. Oh, my goodness. Are you aware of the FM3A? Oh, please. Okay, let, let me tell you about this, okay? <laughs> okay, so not only is it cult, there's such a passion for it. So let's go back to Trev Lee, Okay. Yes, Trev our friend Lee, at the dark yes, room. Yes, friend at the dark room, and also we traded, you know, the M5 for the my Roloflex 2.8C. Yes, he, he is, is loving that he is Roloflex, loving it, and he is he is doing great stuff with it, and I'm so excited about beautiful that. pictures, beautiful stuff. But he goes, he, this is what he does, and very subtly he goes, "Have you tried the FM3A?" <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. "Oh my!" And then he sends a picture, like it's just, you know, again another pusher. Yeah. And uh, he is a it's, it's so beautiful. It's one of those cameras. And boy, talk about skyrocketing. Those FM3As are unbelievable of craziness. It's so great. I got mine a while ago. I'd say maybe eight or nine years ago. Right. And I had just started to hear about this, which at the time was like Nikon's like last hurrah as a new model film camera. And one of the reviews that you'll read, which I love, is like the FM3A is like the FM and the FE met in a bar. <laughs> and they had a one-night stand. And this is the baby that they had. I love it. Which is a greatest hits 
of all of the features of the FM and the FE and the FM2 and the FE2 and all of their loveliness rolled into one camera. One thing people like to talk about with this camera, it has a top shutter speed of one four thousandth of a second, even without the battery. Oh. It is a now. I don't care. I always have a fresh battery in the camera, right? But this just tells you how incredibly well engineered these cameras are. People love them. They are light. They're about the size of an OM-1. The metering system is wonderful. It's, I mean, in every way, this is like the platonic ideal of a Nikon compact SLR. And they didn't make them for very long. And when I started hearing about this, I did my usual thing. I looked on eBay, blah, blah, blah. There was a sale, I think it was like a 20% off sale at KEH, and they had one that they listed without lens for $260. Oh my God. And so I was like, wait a second, a 20% off, so I can get this for just over $200? I snapped it up. Yep. It's got a little wear, a little paint wear, but what do I care? This camera is amazing. I spent a little money to get the matching 45 millimeter 2.8. You know how I love 40s. Oh, yes. It is a gorgeous lens with a kind of a reversed cup lens shade. It's very distinctive, very cool looking. I shoot with this thing all the time. When I did my secret mission to Lightning Field in New Mexico, I brought the FM3A. You're not supposed to take pictures at Lightning Field. I didn't take pictures, Gabe. Okay, if you really want me to believe that. But I brought the FM3A, and it is the camera. You know, I throw over my shoulder. I love this machine. And now, as you said, they have skyrocketed okay, you, I in to value. play a little game with you. You ready? Yes. What's the lowest price, and what's the highest price? <gasps> For an FM3A? Yeah, right now. Uh, the lowest is six fifty. The highest is eleven hundred. Okay, the lowest is seven hundred. Oh, and the highest of body only is nineteen seventy one. Is that a chrome or a black? It's an uh, FM three a black body, and yeah, then the you go down to, let's see, just the body again fifteen ninety nine, fifteen ninety nine, fifteen sixty six. Fourteen ninety-five. Unreal. I'm so lucky I found mine. Yeah. Really. I mean, that's... I'm so lucky. It's beautiful. You know, for a while I had a Canon T90. It's so funny. I had a Canon T90 in addition to, I realize, in addition to the Pelix and the... Uh, I've offloaded all of my Canon SLRs except the EF, which was my first right. SLR. And now I have all these Nikons. It's so funny. Wow. I've made this transition. And the FM3A fills the hole that the T90 left behind. The T90 is a nice camera. It has some technological issues. It's electronic and it tends to fail and so forth. But it's the same kind of thing you describe with the F4. It's a, it can be aperture priority, shutter priority, programmed and so forth. It's got crazy high shutter speeds and stuff. The FM3A does all those things in a smaller, more nimble package. Can you clear, can you clear one thing up for me you just mentioned? Yes. What does offloading mean? What do you mean? Oh, <laughs> sell. I'm unclear. Sell. I'm unclear what that means. I know. I know you don't know what that means. <laughs> so I had to be clear. I'm coming to understand now just the true scale of the collection you have. Mm. Uh, offloading. But, mm, uh, offloading. Yes. So, yes, I did sell. I usually do it when KEH comes to town. I'll sell the stuff, and I'll use the proceeds to buy more cameras. Nice. I don't sell things on eBay, guys, so don't look for my handle on eBay. <laughs> I tend to either give them as gifts or I sell them to KEH to put them back in the system. But anyway, FM3A, if you see one, snap it up. But I want to say this. Yes. Don't go crazy 
looking for an FM3A like it's the Holy Grail. Yes. If you can get an FM or an FM2 or an FE2 or even, and this is sacrilege to some people, the plastic-bodied FM10. Well, you didn't say EM, so I FM10. feel better. Oh, well, the, the <laughs> EM is kind of a piece of trash, but... But... Yes, you can still take pictures with it. You can still take pictures with it and gang that Nikon glass, the Series E lenses, the dirt cheap Series E lenses, which were, I believe, introduced alongside the EM. You can get a 50 millimeter 1.8 Series E for under $100. Well, look, great lens. That's amazing. That I, that I love great to lens. Push because I love when people are shooting film. So. Yeah, so these compact Nikons are still a pretty good deal. You know what else is a pretty good deal? Nikermats. Yes, 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 totally. Why not? The Nikermat FTN, the Nikomat FTN, the FT, the FT2. The F- These are really inexpensive. I don't know why they don't yeah, I was command just say, why, the same prices. Why is that? Because I have one. There's no I love reason. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. I gave my brother a Nikomat FTN, black body. It's amazing. It's beautifully brassed. And again, this is your access point for the incredible Nikon glass. And just remember the camera is a box, okay? You want it to be usable, but ultimately it is a reliable box that you attach a beautiful piece of glass to. So don't shy away from these things that are really good. Totally. Oh, while we're talking glass, I want to talk about my favorite Nikon lens, which we skipped over. Yes, tell us. The 105, Oh boy, okay, yes, 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 and it's... Oh, you know, oh, I sometimes oh. forget this lens, and it's a great lens. It's a great, great you lens. You know, I was over at Harry's Camera in Studio City, which is run by a lovely gentleman named Drewy. And I, at the time, I had a very close friend who was a photojournalist, and I happened to be in there, and there was a 105 2.5 on the shelf that they were selling at a very reasonable price. I called my friend because I knew that she knew about Nikon lenses, and I said, what do you think of the 105? She said, are you looking at one? I said, yeah. She said, absolutely buy it. Wow. And don't look back. Wow. She said, that is the best portrait lens I've ever used. And, you know, it's a medium telephoto. It's relatively fast, 2.5, not bad. It's amazing. I actually use that with a Nikon adapter on my Alpa all the time. Oh, now I'm taking it's it out. so damn good. Take no, it out. You're going to love it. I know you love the 85 F2 no, I got, on the Olympus. I got to try this. Yep. It's a good one. I also want to mention, since we're talking about FMs and stuff, if anyone has a Nikon FM2T Year of the Dog. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. One. Just because of the Year of the Dog. Or if you have an FM that you just want to use a Sharpie and put a dog on, he'll probably buy it, too. Yeah, just write a dog yeah. on the front. <laughs> one final thing I want to say about inexpensive ways into the Nikon world as I've mentioned in a prior episode, Gabe Sachs gave me a Nikonos. Yes, I did. These cameras are so, so cheap. Nobody wants yep. them. Nobody wants them. You will find, I'm not knocking your gift, Gabe. You're an incredible gift giver. <laughs> and the one that you gave me is in beautiful condition. They are, of course, underwater cameras. They are based on an original design by Jacques Cousteau, which was originally called the Calypso. It has been through many iterations, a Nikonos 2 or 3 or 4, whatever. You can find one of these for 50 bucks yeah. with the lens. And again, gang, it's all about the glass. Yeah. It's very true. The one you gave me has a 35 millimeter f2.5. It's beautiful. So if you're looking for a route to that Nikon glass, don't sleep on the Nikonos. They're fine. Right. 
And you, people will ask you, what is that? Maybe Jacques Cousteau actually used it. You never know. That's you what could be. You never know. Could be. <laughs> also, I don't have any experience with these, so I'm going to throw it to you. There are countless, uncountable point-and-shoot Nikons. People love the L35AF. Mm-hmm. Have you shot with any of those guys? Yeah, the L35AF. That's so yeah, funny. I've heard it's great. Yeah, Did you I, like I it? I really liked it. It's very simple and... I think the glass on that is nice too. I mean, I, I really, it was just yeah, simple sure. point and shoot. I think it gives a very different look, which is, you know, all of them like those, the, you know, the T4 and the Contax T2 and, 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 you know, the Nikons and the Olympus, they all have a certain look to them. They really yeah. do. They have their own personality. So it's fun to shoot with different ones. Yeah, I think the L35 AF and its cousins and siblings is going through a bit of a vogue as people look for an alternative to the T4 and to the contacts and so forth. People are looking for like a kind of good autofocus point-and-shoot deal, and they're going up in price, but that is an excellent camera. I don't know all about the one-touches and the so forth. I don't have a lot of experience with them, and I would urge you guys, if there are particular ones that you love, chime in and tell us because this is a part of the Nikon line that I don't have much experience with, nor, I got to say it for Mike Gutterman, have I ever used their APS cameras, (laughs) the Pronia line. Yeah. Okay? Hottest trend in film photography. I'm sure Nikon Pronias are really good. Uh, I'm not interested in shooting APS, but... mm, ah, I know. You get one for five bucks. Yeah. With film. I don't want to be Joe Negative, but... (laughs) I can't let the discussion of Nikon go by without talking about what, for me, was a holy grail camera that didn't do it for me. The 35 Ti. Boy, is this going to be controversial. Okay, let me tell you something. That camera is the coolest looking camera I've ever seen. It's so cool. You want to talk about thingies? Those thingies on the top, I mean, it is like the the Seiko dials, the analog dials on top are so sexy. It's amazing. Oh my God, they're so beautiful. And the way they move, they move like a wristwatch. You turn the camera on and drink. Well, how could a camera looking like that have any issues? I didn't love it. And the 28, by the way, which is the black version, the 28 Ti. Also reputed to be a great camera. They command extraordinary sums. Well, what happened? May, I'll just, here's what I'm going to say. I wanted this, and I finally just said, you know what? KEH has one. It's in the original box. It's in beautiful shape. I'm going to treat myself. I bought it. It was very expensive. I shot with it for six months. Autofocus and I don't agree. That's the first but problem. What, was the, I what do you think, think it was? Because it's so fascinating. Like, I'm dying. I love that camera. I have never used it. But. I know. Well, you know, I don't really... Point and shoot is not my jam. Right. Like, I like a point and shoot that's a scale focus, like the Roly 35 or the Olympus right, XA. Right. Like, that'll work for me. I get that. Me. But an autofocus point and shoot, it invariably focuses on the wrong thing. I found... <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but I found that... Blame operator error if you want. But I found that the images I got from it just felt bland, undistinguished. It's got a 35 millimeter, I think, two, two something lens on it. I, I just didn't love what I was getting oh, out such of a it. Bummer. You know? And I know. And so I shot with this thing, and it is so beautiful. It's got the titanium case. It is lovely. It it's a Good size. You can fit it in your jeans pocket. It should have been great for me. It's not. I'm having much more fun with my Canon SureShot Classic Multitele, whatever that thing's called, <laughs> which I bought for $15. Love it. It's the only autofocus camera I own. 
but I'm having much more fun with that than I ever had with the 35 Ti. 35 Ti and 28 Ti partisans come at me. Oh, they will. Um, trust me. But I'm sure they and will. And also send it prints. Was a beautiful I want to see. Object. I want to see pictures. I really want to see pictures. Yeah, I'll show you. I took it on a vacation to Miami, so I really did give it a workout. Okay, and great. I got a couple of good shots. But in general, they just didn't. They didn't do it. I don't know. You know, you're stuck with one lens on that camera, right? And so you better love it. And that 35, it just did not thrill me. So there you have it. That's it. it. Okay. As we close out, have we missed anything? Any other models that you've had, owned, used that you want to chime in about? No. I just, uh, I love the look. I love the brassing. I love, I can go on and on. Yeah. (laughs) Let's say, all right, if there's one Nikon to rule them all, that you have or don't have, what would it be for you? I think for SLR, it would be the F2. I love the black F2 that I have. And I think for rangefinder, I just, I've I've only used an SP once, but boy, that's a beautiful camera. You know, it's so funny you're saying the F2 because even when you held that one up a few (laughs) minutes ago, I got a little pang because I've never used it. I've never used it and it is quite beautiful unlike the photomic finder on the f that photomic finder is pretty oh my god and f2s aren't terribly crazy super expensive at the moment not terrible might have to think about it might have to think about it well that okay so the f2 okay for me i mean it's god it's a tough one one to rule them all i gotta say the sp i gotta say the sp I just love how it handles. It's semi-compact that, you know, I only have one lens for it. I had the 85 and I never used it, so I sold it. I have the 50 millimeter F2. I don't even have the super fast 1.4 on this, but I love it. I love how it has the contact style gear that you focus with on top. Right. That's so fun. Yeah. I'd have to say the SP to rule them all, but... You know, I all the ones I have, I really love, and I use all of them. That would be my guess. Guys, let's hear from you. Okay, this was far from a comprehensive Nikon discussion, as promised, but let's hear about your experiences, lenses, cameras. What did we miss? What should we spotlight? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to tell you, that's the system. To, like, if I really think about it and the way we're talking about prices and things like that, it really is a system to find. I mean, there are so many of them. Yeah. And I think you could get into one really for a reasonable price, and they look so cool. They really do. Yeah. They're just, you know, great cameras. Yeah. I think if you're looking to get into a system camera, I mean, people are going to go insane that we're not talking about the Canon F1, and maybe that's something we cover down the line. But if you were looking for a system camera, like I want an SLR, I'm just starting out, I would say either get a Nikon F or an Olympus OM-1. They're both really comprehensive systems and the accessories the lenses have not yet skyrocketed in value so that they're so far far out of reach love it i love my nikons it's so funny as i said i've gone from we both have gone from being canon boys to nikon boys which is very strange and so maybe canon is something we talk a little more about in the next episode because i love my range (laughs) father baby (laughs) anything else Mr. Sachs. No, I'm, t- I'm, just, I'm just recovering from uh, New York. And I, yeah. uh, I, uh, it, was, it was just great to sort of see that world and, and see those photographers in action, which I have, you know, admire so much. I mean, just actually grabbing stuff so quickly is just amazes me. Well, I am very excited to see 
what leaks onto your Instagram. Things are going to start posting very weeks. soon. Um, some actors have started posting, and I know that Coach and and Jonathan Simkai and those guys are going to start posting. So yeah, we'll see. Great. All right, couple of things. As long as we're talking about our Instagrams, please follow us on the Instagrams. Gabe is Gabe Sachs on the Instagram. I am S. Jeff Greenstein on the Instagram. And of course, we have our I Dream of Cameras Instagram, which you should be following. Do you know we're up around 750 followers? Oh, I love that. Kabam! I love it. Very exciting. Very exciting. If you see either one of us, ask for an I Dream of Cameras sticker. Right. Okay. Which you will have. Beg us for one. Which you will have. We'll always, we will always have yep. them on us. Yep. Of course, you can reach us via email at idreamofcameras at gmail.com. Do you know what we have never once done in 19 episodes, Gabe Sachs? I notice on a lot of podcasts, they say, if you like the show, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. Hey, you know what? If you like the show, please give us a five-star review (laughs) on iTunes. I guess it helps people find the thing. Oh, that'd be great. I never thought about this, but it helps people find the show. So we're not going to pimp this every week because we're not those people. Kind of. Okay? kind of are. We are those people. (laughs) We desperately need your approval. Yes. Please like us. Uh, so, yeah. Post a review. I saw a lovely review somebody posted, but it's a few months old. We so you people, reviews. But also, up. send us ideas. We love your ideas or shows or oh, questions. Or, yes. And any repair people you love, like we're trying to, oh, yes. you know, it's just, you know, they're few and far between and... And the good ones take a long time. That is true. I'm still waiting. Are we going to talk about our camera giveaway mm-hmm. this week, Gabe, or are we going to kick that can down the road? We are going to have a camera giveaway. Uh, I believe it's going to be next ep- episode, but please watch our Instagram. We will make an announcement for sure. Right. And it's going to involve you exercising your brains. Yes. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Excellent. Gabe, this concludes episode 19. Believe it or not, our next one is going to be number 20. I can't believe ah, it. I can't I'm even. so excited. Can't even. So excited. We must also thank, who else do we owe some thanks to at the end of this Always episode? Always Keith Greenstein giving us the amazing look. And, oh my gosh, getting those stickers and banners so quickly. Yeah. And, so exciting. And Fred Corey, his musical talents uh, we'll always be thankful for. I should also throw in the mix, by the way, because we know that both Fred Corey and Keith Greenstein are Olympus OM-1 shooters. Oh, yes, they are. Guess who just bought an OM-1? My other brother, Steven, oh, my bought goodness. a black body OM-1. The cult, guys. Yes, yeah, it's happening. Cult it's happening. of the OM-1. Go for it. Final thoughts. Take us out of here, mister. Use your last bit of non-jet-lagged energy. Go get a Nikon. That's my suggestion. <laughs> and I, I know you're Go saying, why do I need another camera? Believe me, it's worth it. That's all I can say. There you go. Thanks, y'all. See you next time.